I'll be reading the Christmas story in Luke, chapter 2. It's on page 992 of your pew Bibles. Page 992. Luke, chapter 2, verse 1. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angels, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things in her heart. Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The reading of God's word. Let's pray together. Be near me, Lord Jesus. I ask thee to stay close by me forever and love me. I pray. Amen. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. That's how Luke sums up the way that Jesus' mother coped with the whirlwind that had totally transformed her life in the span of just a few months. A year before, Mary was a child. Now she was a woman. A year before, she was pledged to be married like so many others her age. Now, she traveled cross-country with the man who consented to be her husband, barely. 
A year before, she didn't have much, but she was at home. Now she was far from home, far from her family, far from every comfort. A year before, she was presumed innocent. Now she was presumed guilty. A year before, Mary was just another village girl. Now she was the mother of the Savior of the world. Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. This familiar Christmas story from Luke 2 must come from Mary herself, or at least most of it does, since Luke insists at the beginning of his gospel that the material it contains was handed down to him by eyewitnesses. If that truly was Luke's standard, then Mary had to be Luke's main source for most of this chapter. Who else would know these details other than Mary? Who else would focus on these particulars about Jesus' birth other than someone who is seeking to make sense of her own life in relation to his? Who marveled at her place in his story? Who wondered about the mixed blessing she had received from God? Just one of many women and men whom the Lord has highly favored with a life of misunderstanding and pain. A year before she arrived in Bethlehem, Mary took her blessings for granted. Uncomplicated, easy-to-miss blessings like innocence and inexperience. Forever afterwards, she bore the burden of knowing that a sword would pierce her own soul, too. As the strange old man in the temple warned her when she and her baby were still fresh and full of life. A year before, she had seen so little. Now she had seen so much. And she would see much more. She would be afraid for him. She would be rebuked by him, embarrassed by him, confused by him. She would learn from him. She would see him nailed to a cross. She would see how he cared for her even as he was dying. She would see him risen to new life. Forever after Jesus was born, Mary was changed. Forever, Mary treasured up these things, all these things, and pondered them in her heart. And one day, it seems, she told some of these things, the parts about her son's birth at least, to this Gentile believer, a traveling companion of Paul, a doctor named Luke. You may be skeptical about this, 
You might imagine that a mother reflecting on the delivery of her firstborn son would focus on what she must have felt in that moment. The pain of childbirth. The love for the beautiful little boy in her arms. The sense of awesome privilege in bearing a gift from God for her people. But that would be the kind of sentimental made-for-TV stuff that holds our interest. Not the solid memory of an old woman who has spent a lifetime telling it like it was. And what she gives us is a blizzard of details. More details than we absolutely need to tell the story, which suggests that this is indeed authentic. The report of a mother who has spent decades going over and over that turning point of her life. They're the foreign rulers who dictated that she and Joseph make that ridiculous journey when she was carrying a baby at full term. There's the importance of Joseph's connection to the line of David, whose heir would one day throw off those hated oppressors. And there's the birth itself, of course, an event so obvious to her that it's passed over quickly. The main event that you might miss if you aren't paying close attention. Then there was the crowding into a space next to all the animals. No basking quietly in domestic bliss for her. And there's the simple, humble description of loving care that she gave to her baby. Wrapping him in swaddling cloths. Lining him in a manger of all things. Not suited to a baby, of course, but at least up off the floor, even if the sheep and the donkeys and the cows were still nosing around the trough out of habit. Then there were the shepherds. Well, and now, of course, the story they told was not witnessed by Mary. So here, if Luke's scrupulous reliance on eyewitnesses is accepted, Mary's account must be interrupted, or at least corroborated by their own testimony. Would you expect the shepherds, dirty, stinky, noisy strangers rushing about in the middle of the night to be welcomed by these two exhausted parents into an already crowded birthing stall? I wouldn't count on it. But whether or not the young couple welcomed these intruders, the story they told at least fit with everything else that had happened to Mary and Joseph months before. They'd had frightening experiences that were not so different, with messengers just as blinding in their brightness. And the words of the angels bolstered what they had been told previously. Good news of great Joy that will be for all people. A Savior has been born. He is Christ, the Lord. Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. A host of angels, a bunch of shepherds, signs, confirmed, a people hard-pressed, a precarious journey 
a baby wrapped, a manger rude, a savior, a messiah, the Lord. What about you? What do you treasure up? Do you, like Mary, hold all these things close? Do you count them precious? Do you rehearse them, roll them around in your heart? I bet if we could hear all the answers to those questions, no doubt we'd discover that we are, all of us, in different places tonight. A few may actually be in a place where they find it easy to treasure up all these things and ponder them in their hearts. More of us probably wish we could, but we're distracted. We're thinking about all the things that still need to be done when we get home. Thinking about the people who aren't here. Thinking about the people who are here. Wondering at how, even now, in the middle of a candlelight service, it could not yet feel like Christmas. And yet others wish they could, wish they could once again enter the true mystery of it all. But they know too much to believe the old wife's tales any longer. And others are just waiting waiting for this to be done so they can get out of here and open presents, eat food, watch movies, or just be one step closer to being done with all these things for another year. But wait, just for a moment. And just like Mary, consider how we are, all of us, in a different place than we were last year at Christmas. Just like Mary, some of us have faced real oppression and have traveled great distances to be here this Christmas. Just like Mary, some here don't even have a place to call home yet. Just like Mary, some of us are feeling unsettled this Christmas. Just like Mary, some are finding all their plans overturned, beaten down by obstacle after obstacle, challenge after challenge. Just like Mary, some are simply exhausted. This time of year, every adult seems to want what none of us ever seems to find, that perfect Christmas feeling that we remember from our childhood, that comforting warmth that swaddled security, that simple innocence and wonder. But when we think about the things that we actually experience, the things that we actually feel, hassle, upset, disappointment, displacement, rudeness, crowds, anxieties, doubts, distraction, exhaustion, We seem to find ourselves farther and farther away from that Christmas feeling. But these things, the unwelcome things, 
are just as much a part of this story. These were the things that Mary treasured up and pondered in her heart, too. Only what came at the end put it all into perspective. The baby. The baby and the promise that he represented. The promise that he kept. We must treasure up all these things, even the unwelcome things, if we're ever to understand why the baby needed to be born in the first place. Why God came to save us from all this chaos, to save us from our sin. Now, I don't know what your expectations are for this Christmas or your hopes, but one thing I can tell you is that your Christmas is not going to be perfect. But Christmas never was perfect. It was never supposed to be. It's the perfect Christmas that's the fake. With its department store Santas, its paper snowflakes, its sprayed-on snow, its blinking lights. That's how we know that Mary's account of that chaotic first Christmas is true. If we're paying attention, if we're humble, Christmas will show us our need. Christmas will reveal our lack. Christmas will bring us to the unlikeliest of places where we find ourselves, maybe for the first time, kneeling with the other donkeys and sheep before the infant who the angels tell us is God's highest glory, the peace of all humanity. Let's pray. Be near us, Lord Jesus. We ask you to stay close by us forever and love us. We pray in your name. Amen.